0: So you've had a pretty interesting life or career, or maybe you have a wonderful idea for a story or deep knowledge on a topic that you really care about. Uh, And it's something that you think people want to know uh, more about that topic. And maybe the idea has crossed your mind that perhaps you'd like to write a book about this someday. And business leaders are clearly doing it all the time and so are celebrities. And you probably think you can write better than many of them. You may not be wrong when you come to think of that. But is it actually possible to make a living as a published author? So today we talk to Rishi Piparia, author and CEO of Imaginara Legacies, who's written actually quite a few books, both through publishers as well as on his own. And we're going to ask him how one gets started as an author and what it takes to get published. Is it really something that one can aspire to and most important? Is it something that one can make a living at? But before we begin, a couple of quick reminders. If you like this episode and we are pretty sure you will, please do rate it five stars and please follow the show so you don't miss out on any of the great guests that we have coming up in future. Also, if you need a recap of the episode, feel free to head over to crazytalk.online to read the full transcript. So with that said, Rishi, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Shop Talk. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And maybe before we begin, perhaps we could start with a short intro and you could tell us about your journey so far and also a little bit about Imaginara Legacies. It's actually a really interesting name. So I'm very curious.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much Amit. Thank you for for having me over. Uh, it's absolute pleasure to be here. So I've, I've had a pretty traditional career to start with. So I uh, you know after business school I got into banking. I worked in uh, a Spanish bank for some time Santander. Uh, moved to Citigroup in uh, in new york uh, then moved to city in india uh so spent about seven to eight years with city uh, and then i moved into insurance uh, with aviva life insurance uh, again out here in india so very very traditional career uh, doing you know doing marketing doing sales doing strategy but on the side i always had an interest in writing uh, and, and you worked in you worked in banking uh, you know how much you know bureaucracy there is how much crazy stuff goes on so i used to actually write humor and satire and this was um, frankly, in the early days of email and all that. So you would write some stuff, send emails out at work, making fun of the bureaucracy all around us. I remember your emails (laughs) used to
0: be famous, like they were forwarded around.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, you were there at that time. So yeah, those would would get forwarded around quite a bit. I would literally be city bankers globally who knew of me because of my writing. Uh, So that I would say was my first uh, stint in writing. At Aviva, I was heading uh, sales. Uh, so I had a team, you know, I, I literally had, you know, 2,000 people around the country and I was taking two three flights a week. And I am the most paranoid flyer you will ever encounter. I just absolutely hate it. And every time I would fly, there would be some story or the other. I would, you know, I'd be sitting next to the CEO of Unilever, and this is true, it happened, and I'd, the plane would take off, there'd be turbulence, and I, you know, I'd clutch him. Uh, I'd be sitting next to some Bollywood actress and I'd annoy the, you know, hell out of her uh, over the flight and i'd come back and tell all these stories to my friends and colleagues and maybe like in splits you know as like, oh, you know what's wrong with you so at some point i said you know anyways i'm sitting on fly on flights i'm not enjoying it so let me you know write down these anecdotes so i re- pretty much wrote down a whole book on my blackberry while half of it was flying And then at some point I said, okay, let me try to give, why don't I give it a shot and get it published. So I put it together in the form of a book and uh, started a search for a publisher, which was a challenge in itself. But eventually I did, I did get it published and uh, surprisingly turned out to be just, you know, an absolute uh, bestseller. It was like a national bestseller out here in India. People, people loved it. And I mean, it was all over the airports. It was a book on, humor book on flights. So, well, that was a fun process. And at some point, like you, you said, you work in business, you're in the corporate world, a lot of knowledge that you pick up, which you want to share. And at some point I thought, look, is this is writing something that I could do full-time? Because after a while, you kind of, you get tired of your career. You, I mean, things are, things are going great, but after a while, and once you reach the senior levels, it's all on autopilot. Uh, you're not challenging yourself as much. That's when I decided that, look, maybe let me look if I can pursue writing full-time. But before I jumped into it, it looks very, very glamorous from the outside, right? Just the, uh, you can be on the beach, you can be writing when you want. Uh, but I thought, let me test it out. So I went, to, you know, I went over to, I took a sabbatical for a few months, an unpaid sabbatical. I went to Cambridge, I did a writing course over there, I took some time to travel, to just figure out whether I can spend time on my own to, without the corporate environment. It was quite nice, I tested it out, I got my finances in order, uh, which was important, so it took a year to just get that sorted. And then I took the plunge, so I went I went over to my boss, said, look, I, I would like to, to just, you know, do something else. They were, they were fine with it and I had I was, I was willing to give them enough time So I literally spent I think seven or eight months transitioning the team and then moved into writing pretty much full time I set up set up this company Imaginara legacies I mean yeah it was just I mean we had the uh, we had the structure. But I wanted, at some point, while my first two books were published by traditional publishers, you know, Jayco, which is a large Indian publisher, uh, and my next book was with HarperCollins, that was a satire on corporate life. So I had the manuscript, but I published it after I left the job. I don't think (laughs) it would have been appreciated too much while I was working. But at some point, I wanted to also test out self-publishing and for that I set up this company. So one of the roles is to self-publish my books. Uh, We also, I, I do spend some time mentoring startups and entrepreneurs, so we make some sometimes some small angel investments in companies. But the whole objective is, you know, I've called it our legacies. The whole objective is to leave a legacy of work um, rather than balance sheet or income statement or, you know, shareholder growth. Uh, so the whole point is yeah, that whatever we do, are we creating a legacy or whatever companies we support? Are we creating a legacy? Whatever I'm writing or so that's that's the whole objective. And we'll, we'll talk about it. But I mean, yeah, in writing, I mean, there's you spoke about can you make a living? Uh, more than a living, I think you can yeah, leave a legacy and that is a primary driver, at least for me. So that's been my journey. Yeah, in the last, sorry, last five, six years, I've, yeah, I've, I've got about six or seven books out. I'm enjoying the whole creation process uh, and it's fun.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. I mean, for, actually, I have one question before anything else. When you decided to leave your job and you went and told your boss or I guess your peers that you want to do this, what was their reaction?
1: I, I would say disbelief. <laughs> and surprise and skepticism. I mean, the first thing they thought, I'm making it up because, you know, and at those levels, right, when you when, when you want to leave, chances are you're going to a competitor. Chances are you don't want to share where you're going because... Uh, so, uh, I mean, they really thought I was making it up. So there was disbelief. Uh, but then the fact that I was willing to serve out, you know, six, eight months of notice was uh, I, I couldn't be going to a competitor. So that, I think, was some relief. But the other thing was just, yeah, I mean, that like, why would you do this at the top of your career, right? When things are going fine, everything's everything's great. Uh, why would you want to to do this and why would you just literally do something as uh, as much risk as just being a writer uh, and something so unusual but at some level i think there is people would love to do it and people would love to take this kind of plunge uh, and there are a lot of things that that stop them which uh, and when you see others doing it you, know, you kind of think that you maybe you could do it yourself as well so it was a mix of both you know stuff that oh, i wish i could be doing this but also you know why, why are you doing this
0: yeah yeah i i think you're absolutely right i'm sure Everybody was 50% jealous <laughs> of, of you and 50% skeptical that any of this is going to work out. So you mentioned first, you'd written your first book, I think, while you were still at work. And the second one, you said you had the manuscript, but you got it published afterwards for, for good reason. I
1: had, I had yeah, yeah, half of it done almost. yeah
0: yeah. So how did you, for the first book, how did you actually manage to do this on the side? Did it take like a lot of discipline to make this happen or was it just because you were writing it on flight so it just got done somehow?
1: It's a good question. One is, as a writer, right, you get a lot of your ideas and a lot of your material and a lot of your content from stuff that happens around you. Uh, right? If you're writing non-fiction, then exactly it's, you know, what you're learning, what's happening around you. If you're writing fiction, a lot of your characters, a lot of the situations are based on real-life stuff, right, and then you, you kind of um, adapt it towards writing. So my first book was a book on flights, uh, on air travel, and all this stuff was happening around me, um, and it's just a question of uh, you know just switching, kind of putting a switch on your brain. That I mean, either you are a passenger, or you know, at least for me, you, you you turn the switch and suddenly I'm a writer on a flight. And so I just you know switched that uh, uh, you know you, you just uh, switch that thing, and uh, and suddenly you get all this all this content. The other thing in writing is once you have an idea or once you have something you want to put on paper, just put it on paper. That's what you should be doing immediately. Because if you just park it, oh, I'll do this later, I'll write it six months down the line, or I'll, I'll, take, I'll go on a holiday and then I'll write all this. It doesn't happen. So the best way to be a, a writer, I feel, is to be very occupied, be aware of uh, what is happening around you and put it down on paper. Uh, so like I said, half the book was literally written on Blackberries while I was on the flight because there was nothing else I could be doing, right? Uh, and either I could be stressing about about the, the journey or I could divert myself on my Blackberry. Ironically, I'm telling you, ironically, I was probably more disciplined about writing when I was working than I am now, right? Because now you kind of tend to pro- procrastinate, oh, I'll do it later, oh, I don't have a deadline. Oh, uh, when you're actually working, when you've got 10 things going on, you can find some some time to do this yeah so i think i found it easier to be disciplined while i was working because i could just carve out time and because there was just so much happening around me if i'm writing children's books i mean i write i i write a lot more when my kids are around or you know when i'm when i'm in in a park or when i just i'm around kids Uh, so i think you should just make the best of uh, of your environment and try to get some writing done in as disciplined a manner as you can
0: right so I, i think essentially what you're saying is number one you should be always at least jotting down notes, not like, okay, mental note, I'll write this in six months, because that will not happen. You're absolutely right. And second is the it's an interesting point about being more productive when you're actually working, or rather being more productive as a writer. And that's, I think, because you have the constraint. Like I only have this one hour now in the evening. So let me use this productively. Versus I have 24 hours in a day, I can do it whenever I want. (laughs) That is very different. So that was about how you did things on the side, but then you actually did plan this whole process of becoming a full-time writer. So why don't we dive a little bit into that, which is how did you plan to be a full-time writer?
1: Well, one is getting pulled into writing or getting pulled into something you enjoy and the other is getting pushed out of what you're currently doing. For me, it was a mix of both. One I mean, like I said, I had reached the top of my career. The next role was CEO of some organization. And at that point, you kind of look at the incremental risks uh, the incremental benefits versus what you're giving up. So I was, I think, reaching a stage where that, look, I mean, taking the next step in my career, I don't think the incremental benefits are going to be worth what I'm going to be giving up. What I was going to be giving up was a lot of my time, health, the ability to not pursue your passions in, in such a way. Right now, I could literally take a few weeks off or take a few months off. I've been in Goa for the last few months. I, that's stuff like that is not possible when you're in a corporate job. And equally is the, the pull of something that interests you. And writing was something for me because while there are, I mean, there's not much that you get out of writing, right, but you do get the opportunity of sharing what you know and giving it back and, like I said, leaving legacies. So there was a lot of stuff across genres that I want to write and to share and that was the pull of writing. I was quite aware that there is really no money in writing books as such. So if any of your uh, audience is uh, thinking that you will be making a lot of money as a writer, that's not going to happen and and we can go into the math of it but there is absolutely no money for I would say anyone other than maybe the retailers in writing. So neither do the writers make money nor do the publishers make money. The retailers probably make some money but they offer it all back as discounts. So that is, there's no money in writing books or uh, there are ways to make money as a writer, right? I mean, if you're in non-fiction, you could make money in, I mean, you, if you establish credibility or expertise in an area, you might be called for guest speaking opportunities and stuff like that. If you're writing fiction, there could be money in, and now most fiction writers are writing from the objective of, you know, I'll convert this into a web series I'll sell the TV rights, film rights. Uh, there could be money in all of that, but in pure books, there isn't. So kind of, I had to prepare for it that look, I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be no money coming out of it. Have I saved enough and have I invested well enough that I can generate enough passive income to sustain myself? So if you are looking at being a writer, you also need to, and I mentioned early on, I took literally I took one or two years to just make sure I had my finances uh, in order. So I would suggest that you need to do that and just assume that there, nothing will come out of writing other than pure satisfaction and pleasure. But you need to have other sources of income and all to sustain yourself.
0: Okay, so essentially you're saying, Generally speaking, if you do want to be a full-time writer, you first need to take care of your financial health because chances are the writing alone is not going to get you there. And so therefore, number one is you should be ready financially to sustain yourself for potentially years if you want to write like that. And the second thing, which was a very interesting point, is that more, more likely you will make money in things that are ancillary to the writing. So you write, but then you make money on other downstream stuff like speaking opportunities or maybe green plays, like you said, or anything that is peripheral to the writing itself. The writing is just a vehicle to get yourself out there, essentially. Most important thing is to prepare is to make sure that financially you're you're okay. So let's move to the next point, which is now that you have a manuscript and you've obviously set yourself up to be a full-time writer, how does one actually find a publisher? Because as far as I'm given to understand, publishers get tons of manuscripts and mostly unsolicited, I'm sure. And they don't have time to go through all of this. So, how do you actually find your way into a publisher like that?
1: Uh, I think publishing, I mean, writing is actually the easy part of, of of the journey. It is probably the easiest part of the journey. I mean, the tougher part is finding a publisher to publish a book. Uh, and the toughest part is actually marketing is marketing the book and making sure you get it uh, you get it out to to readers. So finding a publisher really—it's—I uh, 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 mean—I don't want to dissuade again the audience, but it is—it is incredibly difficult for a couple of reasons, right? I mean, uh, I mean the main thing, like you said, publishers receive uh, thousands of manuscripts a year. Most of them are unsolicited, unsolicited. They are word documents or PDF files, and you can just visualize email out of, after email with a manuscript, uh, with each writer believing that this is—I you know, mean, this is the best you know work out there. A typical publisher, I don't know—they probably publish a hundred, 150 books a year. So how do they pick who to choose? Publishers are in it for the money, right? They are going to be picking manuscripts that they know will sell and authors that will that will sell. So they are the, you said it earlier, right? I mean, they're looking for businessmen. They're looking for celebrities. They're looking for influencers. Anyone who has a ready-made audience uh, who will buy the first 1000, 2000 books, that is a much shorter bet than someone who they don't know. So what you need to do is one is uh, you need to start building your your audience more than the quality of the manuscript. They are really going to be looking at the quality of who you are as an author and who your audience is, and whether you can get the first thousand, two thousand copies started. So you need to be out there on on social media, building your audience. You need to be out there on Twitter. You need to you need to be writing blogs. You need to just have people who are interested in your in your work. So when you go to the publishers, they say that look, hey, I, I, he is he's is marketable, he's sellable, he can or uh, he or she can get the first few books out, the first few thousand copies out. Number two is what I did and uh, it was, and again, I'm a marketing person by background. So what I did was uh, I actually went out there and I, I wouldn't say self-published, but I created the, I mean, I created the book. So I didn't submit a Word document because I yet don't understand how people can choose a book basis of just a Word document. Uh, so i actually went out there and i created the entire book so i got a uh, i got one of these self publishing companies i got i got the whole thing typeset formatted and i made a very very i made a very nice cover i made a brochure of it and i i was marketing the book to publishers so i went to the delhi i went to the delhi book fair which is the largest you know book fair out here in india every year and i had a little docket with the first chapter of the book with the cover with a with a brochure and i left it to you know with all the leading publishers and i mean I, and then of course i followed it followed it up with emails and all and there were two or three publishers who said okay at least come and you know talk to us so i think that got them interested uh, so if you can do anything i would say which uh, which gets their interest which makes your manuscript stand out from the thousands of other manuscripts that they're receiving that will certainly help.
0: This is a new piece of advice, by the way, Rishi, I mean, I've written a couple of books and I've read a little bit on this topic, nowhere have I read this particular tidbit that you just gave, which is just go to a book fair with a mock up of your book. This is excellent because normally the general advice is look for their email, try to find somebody up the chain, don't submit it to the standard email address, but it doesn't really work. I, I think this at least has a better shot than emailing anyone frankly
1: no no it, it totally does and if yeah yeah it's uh, i mean it firstly it just shows that you are i mean it shows that you're passionate about it literally one publisher was uh, when he saw the, when he saw the whole thing he was a bit downcast actually and that was jacko right who eventually ended up uh, who i ended up doing it with i mean they were a bit disappointed because I, they thought i've already self-published the book and uh, and they said oh man we would have liked to and they thought i was just looking for distribution and I said, no, no, This is. I just want to show you what it might look like. And I'm open to all sorts of changes. But this is what I'm talking about. And because it was a very different book anyways, it was an air travel. No one had ever seen anything like it. So it was all the more important. But equally, it's very. I think it's very hard to convey your ideas and your passion in a Word document or a PDF file. Uh, if you've made all the effort to spend months or years writing the book, take another few months, get a graphic designer, do everything that you would have anyways liked to do. And chances are, and we, we can probably get into it, but chances are it might be very difficult to find a publisher not because your book is not good but just because they are flooded with manuscripts and secondly they are looking for the celebrities and the people who will sell so chances are you might anyways want to self-publish and all this effort will not go to waste, because you will still need to typeset it, you will still need to make the cover, you will probably refine the manuscript a lot more when you see what it looks like in person. So I would highly recommend that you write the manuscript but also don't leave it as a Word document, just take your baby to fulfillment and do everything around it.
0: Yeah, so in fact, I think we may as well move on to that point. So essentially, you're saying that whether you're publishing or self publishing, do this much of the work at least make sure that you have a ready to read kind of a version of the book and then if let's say the publishers don't take it and this approach doesn't work for whatever reason and it's mostly a numbers game so therefore chances are it won't work because just the sheer statistics of book publishing is so poor and then you might want to self-publish it anyway because why waste all of that effort so how does one go about self-publishing because i know you've taken that route for your more recent books
1: Yeah, so for my more recent books, uh, my my, uh, children's books series, I actually, I consciously took the self-publishing route. I, to be honest, I did not even approach publishers for a couple of reasons. I wanted the flexibility, I wanted the speed, I wanted the scale. Uh, It was a lot more risk taking than a traditional publisher would have taken. So I went the self-publishing route and it is actually fairly straightforward. I mean, self-publishing is very, very simple, simple now in the sense, you can find experts in every field. Uh, you can find graphic designers. You can find cover creators. You can find illustrators. You can find typesetters, editors. Oh, editors! There's a host of uh, great editors available, and you can do it at your own pace with your own vision. So, if you're, I would say, if you're very clear, if you're fairly clear on what you want to put out there, if you're very uh, clear on what you're writing, self-publishing is a very, very viable option. Amazon, of course, is is one of the leading sites where uh, which has it has all the tools that you need. But also, I mean, there are a lot of independent services, which for a reasonable fee, can take, take charge of uh, a lot of this. My advice would be, I mean, early on, uh, if you can find a traditional publisher, I mean, there, there are benefits for sure. For your first or second, first book or so it's, uh, or your first one or two books, it's great if you get a traditional publisher. You understand the process through them. It gives you that some more credibility uh, if you have a big name behind you. It's like, I mean, if you come out of business school, you know, people advise that, will, I mean, uh, you know, go join a big organization, right? Because the name will stay with you throughout. But that doesn't mean you retire from, from a large corporation. But you just get that kind of stamp. So if you can get it, great. But if it's at, coming at the cost of just a lot of heartache, if it's coming at the cost of a lot of time, if it's taking a lot of effort, I would just say don't be disappointed because it is very easy to self-publish. And end of the day, I'm telling you the success of a book is really, it is not who has published it. It is how well you have marketed it. No matter if you, know, you get the, the top publisher to publish it or you self-publish it, the marketing has to be done by you you have to make all the effort over there. So that will not, the decision whether to self-publish or traditionally publish will, I don't think will impact sales of your books as much.
0: Because I think even the publishers ultimately anyway, still go through the Amazons and so on. Of course, they have a retail, like a physical book distribution network that you may not have if you self-publish, I guess. But again, I think many books are bought online now and as a starting author, like you said, chances are anyway that you won't sell a million copies of your books. So in smaller numbers, online is just fine. Like the same is trying to sell offline. What about in terms of the numbers? Like in terms of how much money you make versus the publisher makes, etc. In traditional publishing versus self-publishing. Like are you better off somehow in self-publishing financially?
1: You're slightly better off, but you know the, literally the like I was saying, the margins on books are not great for for anyone. As an author, you would get 10% of the royalties. Uh, the retailer takes 50%. Roughly twenty percent I've calculated is the cost of producing the book. That leaves twenty percent for the publisher, and then you have overheads, you have marketing, and all that. So the publisher probably gets another twenty percent. Maybe becomes ten. So as a self publisher, your ten percent royalty goes to maybe twenty or twenty five, and that is not much, right? You know, you retail a book even if, let's say, you know, I I don't know in Singapore, uh, even if it's ten dollars, right? As an author, you get a dollar a book. As as a publisher, you might get two dollars a book. A bestseller in India is ten thousand copies, right? And that's that's a bestseller. So that's twenty thousand dollars if you write a best seller, which is incredibly hard. So like I said, the money is whether you are a publisher or author, and the money is a retailer. If not, if anything you, you need to open a portal and compete with Amazon and that's why you'll make 50%. But otherwise you yeah you've got to look for other sources of income. The you'll end up just spending a lot more in marketing a book than you actually will make in royalties, at least in the, the first few thousand copies.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you shared these numbers with us because I think it underlines the fact that this is not your finance, it's not going to be your next career, most likely. Essentially, like probably takes a person a year to write a a book, but that also one that's going to be a bestseller unless they're super lucky. And so that's $20,000 at most. And that's if you're a publisher, if you're the author, $10,000 for a year's worth of work, which even by India standards, is not incredible amount of money, it's okay. Uh, and maybe you can feed your family, but that's about it. So that's not a crazy amount of money. And, and I think uh, it underlines essentially the point you made earlier. Okay. The other thing you mentioned is, or rather frankly, all of this is boiling down to how can you get more books sold because uh, that's, it's, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. And you mentioned that marketing is one of the biggest things that you can do as an author. So there's the writing part, which is what all of us think is the hard part. But then you said, well, it's also getting the publisher, which is true and then it ultimately is with or without publisher it's the marketing so how how should one or how does one go about marketing their own book
1: so marketing i think that the first thing i i, uh, I spoke about i think someone you really need to build a social a social media presence early on whether social media and whether as a blogger as a, as a columnist you need to be out there known as a writer and people need to be looking forward to your writing so a book is actually just a culmination of what you have been doing for a, for a long period of, of time so may, maybe you just have a very very popular blog going on maybe you have great podcasts going on right but you have an audience which is looking to hear what you have to say and a book is just one more form of content I think that's the number one thing you need to be uh, you need to do you need to be out there creating uh, creating your presence. Uh, and you have to establish yourself as as a kind of a authority authority figure and second is yeah then you have to self promote yourself and it's not easy and writers are actually i mean I, it's a bit generic but I take my experience right i mean you're you're generally a bit more introverted you're, you, you you'd rather be creating content than marketing and promoting your, yourself it, there's only that many facebook posts and tweets you can send out about your work at some point you get kind of tired and embarrassed about it but the reality is, you cannot. You've got to be a bit shameless and just be out there touting your work, because if people don't know about it and they don't see it, they are not going to be buying it or reading it. So I think it's it's a mindset shift as well that look, I just have to be out there and and put myself up up front. And the third thing is, and uh, again, I'm still kind of uh, working through it. But you know, Amazon ads, Facebook ads, end of the day, they work. Again, financially, like I said, you know, financially, if and we are bank ex bankers, right? I mean. Fin- financially, none of this makes sense, right? You will never get the ROI on a on a ad that I would expect. I think it just needs to be done. It's uh, it needs to be done. You need to get that initial momentum, and once your books pick up, and once there's word of mouth happening, and in children's books, for example, if if you have kids talking to their friends, hey, you need to read this book. At some point, it'll cross that that resistance and take off. And that's what you've got to hope that making all this effort in marketing and then it crosses that resistance and then books will have a life of their own. But you need to invest in, you know, advertising on Amazon and Facebook, wherever your audience is and reaching out to them. I would say stuff like, you know, people do all these book launches and they go out to bookstores and do these readings and all. I personally, I don't know how much that works. I think it's a tick box item. You need to do it. But at the end of the day, at least in all my book launches, there are 20 friends and family and that. Twenty people who were roaming around in the bookstore around that, who happened to be in the bookstore at that time, but no one really comes to just listen to an audience and expound wisdom about his book. Is my view. But but that said, books get sold by by copies. You will never get a, an order for a thousand books or something. It's five books, ten books, and then that picks up. So whatever you need to do, you need to spend a lot of time though being out there. Is my is my overall view.
0: Yeah, I think everything that you said seems about right. Essentially, you need to build your audience and it's your responsibility to market to that audience. And uh, that's effectively it. And you have to kind of discard that shame and lack of self promotion because nobody else is really going to do it for you. So you have to basically push forward. Yeah.
1: And just going back, if you take a traditional publisher, right? I mean, writers or authors believe they're going to give this to a traditional publisher and they will do everything but like i said a traditional publisher you know if they're publishing 150 books a year let's take 100 books a year that still means there's a new book coming out every 3 days right and there is uh, there are 100 writers who authors who are who are counting on the publisher to put all their muscle behind it so one is they don't have the time right they have literally 3 days before the next book comes out so in reality literally they give you there's a window of a month or a month or 2 months at best where they will really support your book and after that they are hoping that the momentum kicks in uh, and secondly i told you about the budgets right i mean they themselves do not have much budgets i mean uh, to market so how much can they they put right i mean they're getting 20 percent of the sales you know maybe they'll put five percent i don't know right but that's hardly anything on ten thousand dollars that's five hundred dollars Right? That's literally, that's literally Amazon ads for, for a few weeks. So you, you're not going to get that much support in marketing from pub- publishers. Uh, they will get your book out there. They will give you a lot of support in other ways. But they're not going to be throwing big dollars or their major resources behind you unless you are a celebrity, author or someone who's for sure going to be selling or going to be a bestseller.
0: Honestly, all of this sounds like a, let's say, a difficult journey, not for the faint-hearted, let me put it that way. It is something that you need to be aware of and push through and be quite clear that this is what you want to do for at least a long period of time. Are there any other challenges of the writing process itself, maybe, or anything else?
1: The biggest challenge is there is immense competition and now, but the interesting part is your competition is not other writers. Uh, It's not other writers, right? I mean, to me, uh, I mean, writers are, it's great to have other writers, right? Because they're encouraging people to read. Your competition, and 10 years back, I, I just used to consider my competition was television oh God, you know, people could either read a book or they could watch TV. Right now, competition is, I mean, it's everything. It's it's video games, it is TV, it is, you know, Netflix, it is Instagram reels. I mean, people could spend an hour just, you know, scrolling yeah, through, I mean, I do it sometimes, right? You're just mindlessly scrolling through reels and that's 30 minutes gone. And that 30 minutes could have been spent reading a couple of chapters of a book. But you say so your competition, you're competing for people's, you know, time and attention, which is incredibly difficult. And you've got a lot more competition out there right now. So I think that is that is the biggest challenge. How do you get people to read your book and whether writing is, is the right medium? Who knows? I mean, 10, 15 years down the line, writing would not be the best medium at all. Really, It could be podcasts, it could be video, it could be the metaverse, it could be some form of content we don't know, which, which doesn't even exist now. So I think that is one big challenge. And the other challenge is just trying to keep yourself motivated that, okay, you know, just being out there, you know, getting to the desk, or doing some writing, whether or not, like I said, sales happen, whether you get positive, negative reviews, keeping yourself motivated. Uh, if you're there in the in the corporate world, you have colleagues, you have bosses, you have team members, you have a whole support network out there motivating you. As a writer, you really don't have a lot of that network. A lot of your people around you will not understand what you're, what you're doing, why you're doing it. Other writers are busy in, in their own uh, worlds. And there's actually not that much interaction, right? You might go to a literary fair, I mean, uh, or something like that, but there's not that much interaction. People... I'm there do the thing and, and go back that is another challenge but that said i mean yeah i mean there's uh, there are huge benefits and it's, it's 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 a great lifestyle and it's very very satisfying uh, so you kind of got to balance out uh, balance out these things
0: yeah i think ultimately you have to write for more than the money and the fame because if you're writing for money and fame then i think all of these challenges are going to probably bog you down and you probably give up after a point but if you're writing for personal satisfaction or to get some message out to the world or entertain people like you're doing right now with your children's books, then I think that has its own purpose and and reason for being. So maybe you don't focus so much on these kinds of things and you focus really on writing and getting the message out there, which is maybe I think takeaway from all of this, which is despite all of these challenges and one should be absolutely aware of these before one starts, you don't write or hopefully you don't write for making money because you could have made that money much better and easier in a regular job. You write it for the purpose and the passion.
1: But definitely I'm saying, I mean, definitely you know, with all these challenges and all, but you know, I would not exchange this life, you know, for, for anything else, right? I mean, there's, you don't really get these opportunities where you wake up every morning and you're dying to run to the computer and dying to put the next few uh, write the next few chapters or edit or and you can be anywhere i mean the other i mean uh, uh, you know so i was working on these children's books right which are based in different cities around the world and the entire pandemic right i've literally been locked in at home but i have not felt that because you know you wake up and you can transport yourself to Copenhagen or Sydney or Melbourne or whatever, whatever book you're writing. So you have just so much freedom. And it's it's actually very, very, very liberating to be able to do what you want, to be able to express yourself the way you want. So if you, yeah, if you take care of, I mean, if you, if you just set your expectations as to why are you doing this, uh, and if you're very clear why you're doing this, that it's like you said, it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It is just about what you want to convey. There could be really no better, no better career uh, than this.
0: Yeah, so, so thanks a lot, Rishi. I think this has been very insightful for me as well as like a one-time writer anyway. And I'm sure it's it's very insightful for the people listening to this call. I'm sure more than half of them, I'm sure at some point wanted to write a book. So So it's good for everyone to know. So thank you so much for peeling back the curtains and helping us understand what it means to be a writer. And before we close, maybe let me just summarize a few points that I took away from this. The first point was to be financially prepared because uh, it's going to be very hard to make a living out of uh, writing unless you really get a lot of traction which is rare uh, at, at an early stage at least. The second one which I thought was a great tip was to mock up your book once you're done with it as a marketing tool and if it doesn't work as a marketing tool and you can't get it into publishers anyway then use it as a self-publishing you know, go down the self-publishing path and can use the same mock-up design, etc. for that. And self-publishing can be faster and potentially earn you a little bit more on a per copy basis than traditional publishing would. The other point that I took away, which is a big one, is to build an audience. So it seems like actually along with financial prep, maybe you should also be audience building, maybe even before you decide to become a writer. If you, if you have an audience, you have a far better chance of actually getting your books sold Assuming the audience obviously is relevant for your kind of writing. And I think final point was around promotion and self-promotion. So you need to invest time and effort into promoting either through ads or you know through book fairs and readings and stuff like you said. And you shouldn't be afraid of self-promotion. I mean, that's part and parcel. And I agree, it feels a little cheap sometimes to keep talking about your own thing all the time. But look, I mean, people are doing it about their work just in different ways. So you may as well do it about your work, (laughs) which is to write. Yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, thanks a lot, Rishi. I think these were good points. And once again, really, really appreciate you being here with us. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. You'll find the the show notes at crazytalk.online if you want to read this in more detail. And if you like this episode, and I definitely thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. So if you liked it, please do rate us five stars for this episode. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to follow, subscribe uh, to the show as well so you don't miss any of the future episodes. So thanks once again for tuning in. Rishi, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We were Rishi and Amit with Shop Talk. See you next time.